0: pushkin today's episode is brought to you by chevron good morning it's tuesday june 23rd welcome to axios today i'm nyla budu here's our promise to you we'll make you smarter about your day if you just give us 10 minutes of your time every weekday morning we're getting started today with one big thing that's our story you can't miss Right now, every top 10 or bestseller list is filled with movies, TV shows, and books about fighting systemic racism. Maybe you're reading one of these books yourself. We break down why it's happening and why this matters. Also, President Trump is using the pandemic to shut out highly skilled workers from the US. But first, the sudden, rapid, and mass consumption of race-conscious media is today's one big Explaining it all is Sarah Fisher. She covers media for Axios. So Sarah, we saw, for example, like demand for the TV show Dear White People went up 329% on Netflix. Justice. Guys, you know what this is? This is racism. Yeah, I thought President Obama fixed all that.
1: Where else are we seeing this kind of trend? Yeah, we are seeing it with other shows on Netflix for a brief period of time. Another show, When They See Us, was also up 147%. Spike Lee's newly released film, Defive Bloods, has gotten increased attention because it's been included in Netflix's Black Lives Matter collection. One thing, too, to keep in mind is that it's not just about the content that's in demand, but the content that's being rejected. Notice that a lot of TV shows that highlight police brutality, like Live PD, or cops are being canceled. HBO Max had to temporarily suspend Gone with the Wind until it figured out how it was going to reintroduce it with more context. Media companies aren't just going to be held accountable for what they don't air, but also for what they choose to air as well.
0: Some of this is content that's being put in front of us, whether we flip on Netflix or Amazon or Spotify, and they're suggesting this to us. How much of this is propelled by platforms that are pushing this or making it more visible?
1: Excellent question. I mean, on the TV and movies front, I think platforms are largely responsible for putting this in front of consumers. If Netflix didn't create that Black Lives Matter channel, I don't know that enough people would have been able to search through its vast library of titles to find things that spoke to this moment. And same thing goes for music that's distributed on various platforms, etc. But at the same time, I also think that platforms figure out what type of content to inform by what people are organically sharing on social media and what's going viral. So an example of that, Childish Gambino's 2018 hit, This Is America. This
2: is America. Don't got you up.
1: There have been remixes of that going viral on TikTok.
2: Yeah, this is
1: America. And so that might be a signal to Spotify that this is a song that we should be adding to our curated lists about the movement because it's something users really care about. So I'd say half of it is, yes, platforms making editorial decisions to push things to people, but it's also people making decisions at the ground level, at the grassroots level about what is resonating with them, what speaks to this moment for them, and that's pushing platforms to pay attention.
0: As we see more people asking for it, does that even create a space for more representation, more diversity, as companies are seeing this is more mainstream to have more? And I'll just be very specific to have more black artists, to have more uh, black TV shows. Like I'm thinking of like Blackish. Blackish is coming back earlier this fall, right?
1: Yep. Blackish is pushed to the beginning of the fall season instead of mid season because ABC said a show like that speaks to this moment. Yeah, I think there's a business case for it. I think that once networks and platforms recognize that consumers care about this stuff, they're gonna feel a lot more empowered to put conversations about race, about police brutality up front in their programming because they know that people are gonna wanna consume it.
0: Sarah, why do you think this matters? Because I'm sure there are some people who think like, this is just pop culture, this is a fleeting moment, who cares?
1: Americans for generations are gonna rely on the media we're creating today as a way to relate to what we're going through now. And that's critical because if it isn't for those pieces of contribution to our culture through music, through books, through movies, through television, there's few other ways that we're gonna be able to document it for the rest of time. You know, sure, news articles can last a few weeks, maybe tops, but a good song, I mean, that could last decades.
0: Sarah Fisher covers media for Axios. We'll be back in 15 seconds with President Trump's new visa restrictions on highly skilled workers. But first, a word from our sponsor. Support for Axios today comes from Chevron, partnering with California Bioenergy to transform farm waste into renewable natural gas and provide an alternative source of power for a cleaner way forward. For more information, visit Chevron.com. Welcome back to Axios Today. Let's catch up quick. President Trump keeps urging states to reopen and jumpstart the economy. But yesterday, he used the economic decline caused by the virus as his reason for shutting down large parts of our immigration system. I asked Axios political reporter, Steph Kite to explain more about how the president is using the coronavirus to achieve his immigration agenda.
2: This is actually the second time that President Trump has used the coronavirus in order to introduce some temporary restrictions on what immigrants are allowed to come into the country and which ones are not allowed to come in anymore.
0: So these current restrictions are in regards to H-1B visa holders?
2: So the original ban did not include H-1B holders. It only applied to different kinds of immigrants who are coming on permanent visas. But this time, not only did Trump extend the original order, which impacted green card applicants, but he also added restrictions for immigrants who are coming on short-term work visas, including H-1B visas, which are really relied on in the tech industry in the U.S.,
0: And Steph, I wanted to ask you what the tech industry's response has been to what President Trump plans to do.
2: Yeah, the response from many tech companies has not been great because they really do rely on these immigrants in a lot of ways. These are high skilled immigrant visas. And so they're looking to other countries to find specific specialties in really high skilled jobs. And so companies like Google and Twitter and Amazon have all come out and opposed the president's latest restrictions on their ability to get those workers into the U.S. and working for their companies.
0: And Steph, do we have any idea what impact this may have on our economy if these workers are not allowed to be
2: a part of it? Well, a lot of people think it's not gonna be great. Even you know, Republican Lindsey Graham said in a Twitter thread that he thinks this could have a negative impact on the economy because not only do these restrictions impact H-1B visas, they also impact other visas which include some lower-level jobs that are also sometimes hard for U.S. companies to fill and that the U.S. economy really does rely on. And the Trump administration estimates that this could impact 525,000 jobs. And according to the Trump administration, they think that means that, well, now that's 525,000 jobs that Americans can take. But in another sense, many companies might struggle to fill those jobs. And that's why this matters, Steph? I mean, I think the bottom line is even as the Trump administration is— urging states to reopen. They're still using the coronavirus as a tool to continue to crack down on immigration. And one thing I'm looking for is how long these kinds of restrictions are going to be renewed and kept in place. Steph Kite is on Axios' politics team.
0: Axios Insider is our sneak peek into the Axios newsroom. One of our co-founders, Mike Allen, is with me. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Nyla. Great debut, rave reviews.
0: Thank you. You know, Mike, I feel like there are many of us who are anxious about what's going to happen in the fall. And you've got some really interesting data about college campuses, which, as it turns out, may end up being a bit of a laboratory for the pandemic or how the virus might spread.
1: This is a poll by College Reaction. Talked to 854 college students. And they said, what if there's no vaccine? Are you still going to go back in person? And two thirds of students said, yes, we are. And Nyla, listen to this one. Here's the question. If there are parties like those that occurred before the virus on your campus this fall, will you attend even if there is a risk of contracting the virus? And Nyla, a third of students say, I'm in.
0: Hey, Mike, have a great day.
1: Nyla, thank you and have a great breakfast.
0: Why it matters? Young people are more likely to take risks and will be much more exposed when they head back to college in the fall. We'll be right back after one more word from our sponsor. Support for Axios today comes from Chevron, partnering with California Bioenergy to transform farm waste into renewable natural gas. Chevron is exploring ways to reduce methane emissions from dairy farms to help address climate change and provide an alternative source of power for a cleaner way forward. For more information, visit chevron.com. Thanks for listening. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. And special thanks to Felix Salmon for bringing Axios and Pushkin together. This episode was produced by Carol Alderman, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Kara Schillen, Naomi Shaven, with music from Evan Viola. Alex Sugiyara is our sound engineer. Sarah kihilani Gu is our executive editor. And Pushkin, our executive producers are Leetal Malad and Jacob Weisberg. You can write to us at podcasts at axios.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Nyla Budu. Don't forget to catch us tomorrow morning, but until then, tune into our afternoon show recap. I'm Nyla Budu. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.